The Panthers announced which players will be wearing which jersey number. And with Steven Lorenz not wearing number 11, we must ask the question, should the Florida Panthers retire Jonathan Huberto's number? Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday, August 4th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're with your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to the everydayers who come back here and get your daily Florida Panthers fix. So, guys, uh, it's been a few days since we've had an episode. It is the month of August, so we are in the not necessarily thick of the off season, but we are in the dead part of the off season, where not a, all the transactions have been pretty much finished. I mean, Vladimir Tarasenko signed with the Ottawa Senators last week, but also that means the amount of episodes per week are going to be going down somewhere. It's going to be somewhere in the range of two to four episodes. Per week, somewhere around there, some weeks will be two, some weeks will be three, some weeks will be four. We're still going to be having special guests. We're still going to be having our Wine Ins Wednesdays and Fairbanks Friday, which we have none of those this week, actually. Didn't have an episode Wednesday, and the work schedule between me and Nick Fairbanks on on our Friday show, the schedules did not align for either of of our themed days, days this week. So just a little bit of housekeeping stuff before we get started with today's episode so just expect that for the month of august and we'll be ramping it back up to five days a week and going back to daily uh starting in mid-september but uh for those who celebrate happy football season as thursday night uh once you guys will know the result once the game goes final of the, tonight's the Hall of Fame game for the NFL I'm wearing my Dolphins polo if you guys want to see it on the YouTube please subscribe to the show uh and got the Florida Panthers hat to go along with it because this is, in fact, a hockey show after all. But it is football season. The MLB trade deadline has passed as well. So the Marlins are in the thick of everything. Speaking of the Marlins, uh, Jake Berger, uh, their newly acquired third baseman, played hockey as a kid with Matthew Kachuk growing up. So Matthew Kachuk played sports uh, uh, hockey with Jake Berger, and he went to school with Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics. So cr- little crazy thing about the city of St. Louis, a town that I've never been to, uh, that has produced so much talent around the sports landscape. But this is a good way to talk about Matthew Kajuk and what he's pr- um, spoken about on the latest of his injury. And Matthew Kajuk went on the Cam and Strick podcast and spoke about his injury update and that he is as close, very, very close to 100%. And when we first heard about Matthew Kachuk and the broken sternum, it was a four to six week injury. And even in the press conferences after the season, Paul Maurice was spoke about the guys who are going to be missing the start of the season. None of those are Matthew Kachuk, thankfully. But a little bit of an update that Matthew Kachuk brought up is saying how 
when it comes to working out, there's certain he spoke about really the ability to slow down based on what he's done in different off seasons. And the fact that he's in a place where he's he even said it himself in, in that interview, he considers himself the luckiest guy in the NHL being able to come from, go from snowy Calgary all the way to sunny South Florida. And then in your first year with this new franchise, you're going all the way to the Stanley cup final and basically putting the team on your back too as well. And he's had a fun summer as well. He's he, his, he, his brother getting married as well, Brady Kachuk. So congratulations to Brady and Emma on getting married. I mean, Gus, um, Gus Forsling got married as well and as well as Sam Reinhart. So this is the time of, of year where the players tie the knots because they're not in the consistent grind of an NHL season. So and it, crazy, the star-studded uh, lineup that that was at Brady Kachuk's wedding. You talk about the Hughes brothers, Mark Stone, Tim Stutzla, Alex DeBrinket, just the, a whole bunch of different star-studded players. And then you have um, Tom Fitzgerald, who's his uncle, former Panther, and, and of course, his son, Casey Fitzgerald, who just recently re-signed with the Panthers there, too. Uh, and Keith Kachuk, you, you, there was a big head hockey also provided a lineup for that, that wedding, uh, of how the lines would be put together as well. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. A little bit of off season stuff, uh, as far as just a wedding and, and the amount of big names that are even, even attending, but the fact, the fact that we're hearing that. Matthew Kachuk is on his way to 100. percent is It's just uh, is is great to hear you and the fact that he's not having to get all his stuff and put it in a U-Haul or whatever or college hunks or whatever to and and traveling cr across the border, 2,000 plus miles away. It gives me the confidence that when it comes to coming into training camp that it's going to it's not going to be tough for him to get back on the ice especially knowing his work ethic as well and and the guy who is a very loud leader in the locker room as well the the guys look up to him and and like we spoke about so many times even when Paul Maurice went on his epic rant that that Kachuk was one of the few people who looked him straight in the eye and just to give you guys a just an indication of how Matthew Kachuk is viewed around the league on Wednesday's excuse me Wednesday's edition of Locked On NHL, uh, the guys from Locked On Leafs were actually doing that show uh, on on that day, the Eastern Conference Wednesday edition, and they did a top ten of wingers last week. They did top ten centers and Barkov was number five Matthew Kachuk was at number three and those guys being the hosts of Locked on Leafs hosting the national show they spoke about how there are Leaf fans out there who would probably trade Mitch Marner for Matthew Kachuk as well Mitch Marner being and Matthew Kachuk being former teammates in in junior hockey with the London Knights and just the last impression I get of Matthew Kachuk and 
Mitch Marner was when Matthew Kachuk threw a punch in the face of Mitch Marner and he's laughing at him after the Maple Leafs won game four and and all. That's the lasting impression I, I got out of uh, Mitch Marner and, and Matthew Kachuk in that whole exchange, even, even though they were uh, for, former teammates. But who says no in that? And, and I think it's the Panthers. Uh, even though Mitch Marner does play more of the PK, plays really in all situations. He is a better skater than Matthew Kachuk, but as far as showing up in the postseason, I mean, wh where did Mitch Marner go with like 15 plus games without scoring a goal? I mean, and in the conference final alone, uh, Matthew Kachuk had three game winners out of those four games in, in, in the Eastern conference final. And just as the rounds have gone on, Matthew Kachuk has just proven more of his worth for the Panthers, but how he's viewed as a as a winger in, in in the NHL and all. And again, going back to the injury and the broken sternum and his healing process, it, it's great to see that that he is on the track to be be able to start uh, training camp with with everyone else on, on the roster. In segment number two. The we're going to discuss all the jersey numbers that were announced for the newcomers of the Florida Panthers, and a and we're going to have a discussion about a number that wasn't chosen for one of the newcomers. We're going to dis discuss that and more here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about FanDuel and take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land. $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you could spend on betting from everything to the money line over under. So who you think will hit the first home run? And with the Marlins and their trade deadline, they have six players on their roster who are capable of hitting 20 home runs. So why not place a bet on the team that plays in Little Havana and get them get betting on who will hit the home run. And they're going to have the NL batting champion and lose a rise as well. So my, might as well put your bets on the Miami Marlins to make a, a, a run to the postseason. And who knows, as a, as a, the last seed, they could make a similar run like the Panthers as well. It's all in an app that's safe and secure and easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Segment number two here on this Friday, August 4th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And the... Florida Panthers a few days ago announced the jersey numbers that that the new guy the newcomers will be wearing this upcoming season. And just to go a little one by one, uh, Oliver Ekman Larson he will be wearing number ninety one. Nico Mikola will be wearing number seventy seven. Signs of Frank Vitrano there, uh, and for OEL signs of Anthony Duclair, uh, Mike Riley. Uh, will be wearing number six. Last one to wear it was Anton Stroman. Dmitry Kulikov is, gets his number back from when he was first with the Panthers. Number seven, most recent one, Radical Gudis, which Radical Gudis actually uh, did an interview in his native language in Czechia 
and spoke about the teams who were interested in him. Uh, Toronto was one of them. Edmonton was the other. And I believe uh, Calgary was the third Canadian team uh, who was interested in Radko Gudis. And actually, quick uh, to quick before we get back to the jersey numbers, uh, Radko Gudis spoke about how he didn't want to play in, in a Canadian market because he felt the pressure even as an opponent with the Florida Panthers in their series against the Toronto Maple Leafs. The media pressure that came with playing in the mecca of hockey in Toronto. And you saw that with Ryan O'Reilly leaving in free agency from Toronto to Nashville to sign with them as well. So that's a little bit of a perspective on Radko Gudis uh, signing with Anaheim Ducks instead. Panthers were never going to pay Radko Gudis that AAV that he eventually got. Anthony Stolarz uh, will be wearing number 41, which quick uh, thing about Anthony Stolarz. I just had to, I have to bring this up on the show. Jay Fresh Hockey uh, took a fan vote of the top 64 goalies uh, in, in the NHL based on fan votes. And Stolarz is number 40. Sergey Bobrovsky is number 10. Uh, Spencer Knight was number 32. Something I saw uh, on Thursday morning that I told myself I was going to share on the show. Evan Rodriguez is going to wear number 17 uh, on, with the Florida Panthers. Uh, it's funny because a commenter, like I said a few weeks ago, said that Evan Rodriguez is a possible doppelganger of myself. And funny enough, what was my jersey number when, when I played sports? I wore number 17. So it was meant to be for Evan Rodriguez to wear number 17 with the Florida Panthers. And I happened to cover him uh, <laughs> as well. Kevin Strenland, uh, Stenland wearing number 82, and I wanted to leave this player for last, Stephen Lorenz. So there's a Twitter page out there called NHL Jersey Numbers. And back on July 17th, that account tweeted that Stephen Lorenz, newcomer for the Panthers, probably going to play on the fourth line, more than likely going to, was going to wear number 11. And the comments went wild. They were something. There, there was to the point of of pretty colorful language uh, too, as well. But there were also some. Uh, there was like comments of saying "savage" or some of them are "how could the Panthers allow this to happen?" There was mixed comments, but there was some funny ones too, as well. Uh, I refrained from commenting on it um, on, in the space of Twitter, but overall. When I saw it, and I'll say on this space, not on, on Twitter. That's why you guys should listen to the show. So you get you guys get more of my opinion on the show side versus what I say on, on the Twitter side. But I saw it and I laughed. <laughs> I thought it was funny, uh, to be quite honest. I'm like, oh, Lord. And, and I was just ready once I clicked the, the tweet just to see the comments. And but... A few weeks later, the Florida Panthers tweeted that he will not be wearing number 11, that Steven Lorenz will actually be wearing number 18. And, okay, I said, I said, what happened between NHL, that, that, tw that account tweeting that he would wear number 11 versus when the Panthers tweeted out the sweater numbers? Were... Did Steven Lorenz read the room and think, oh, this is a this is a guy that Jonathan Huberto was a guy who 
has been here for 10 years, about a decade, and it's too soon? Or did the front office go up say uh maybe this is not maybe this is not not such a good idea and maybe even consider something else and the ending as far as huberto's tenure here in, in florida wasn't the best one especially the phone call between he and bill zito when bill zito gave him the news of him being traded to calgary at least the rumored was saying that Huberto cursed him out saying F you to Bill Zito. That was the rumor. Nobody has confirmed anything. There, there's no official confirmation of it, but that's the rumor. And then the whole, which I hate bringing this up again, the whole thing after the second round in Tampa where the Panthers supposedly went to a strip club after game three, after being down three nothing against the Tampa Bay Lightning, apparently the conversation was maybe Huberto was somewhat involved. Maybe he was distracted. I know Huberto loves putting his life on his social media, loved uh, posting about his nice cars, uh, whether it was driving to the arena or, or on the beach as well. But this is this was a player who spent over over a decade with the franchise, and the question ask we ask is should the panthers consider or or should they retire his number and if matthew kachuk hadn't been made available and you give him an extension which coming into this year this would have been year one of of the extension i mean he's currently going into that right now at 10.5 aav for the next eight years with calgary if if it, if that were on the contract of the Panthers, that's a heck yes for sure. But it's not like that. It's uh the and and you you think about when with Huberto and whether it's the ability to put a team on his back versus not. It, it he's never been that guy during his tenure with the Florida Panthers. And I mean, there aren't many numbers even retired in the first place. I mean, this I mean, this franchise has been bad for mo most of our lives. I mean, the only player player is Roberto Luongo, and that's a first ballot Hall of Famer, a guy who came back, played, had Vesna caliber seasons, three-time finalists in the Vesna. Jonathan Huberto, even in his 115-point season, wasn't even a finalist neither. Hadn't hadn't scored more than hadn't scored forty goals with the Panthers, and this this is what really sucks though. I, I will say, the COVID season really took a lot away from Huberto. I will say that because his shooting percentage as as a scorer, his best years were those years that cut, were cut short. In the in twenty twenty when the league was shut down in mid March, and then going into that fifty six game season as well. And even when he when he he wasn't at a shooting percentage of fifteen slash sixteen sixteen percent in twenty twenty two, he got one hundred and fifteen points and was a few assists away from the record for a winger for assists in NHL history. Could have passed Nikita Kucherov and Yarmir Yager for a single season assist record. But it's about also what you do 
in the postseason, shooting percentages out of 5.6. Has as series have gone on, you haven't seen Huberto's ability to put the team on his back. The only elimination game where he scored for the Panthers was in game six in 2016 against the Islanders. Going back to, <laughs> I catch myself sometimes going back to highlights of old Panthers playoff series, and game six is unfortunately one of them. Uh, the the goal that Huberto scored, I remember he was falling forward, uh, taking a shot from the right wing circle, and then as he's falling forward, uh, gets it through a screen and gets it past Thomas Grice there. But but you you ha- you haven't you haven't seen a guy who could say, and even when Barkov was hurt too, you haven't really seen Huberto in full takeover mode as well. But I do think the Panthers could consider it. I, I really do think they they could. But other players like a Barkov would have to be first, of course. And hell, if they won the Stanley Cup this year, call me crazy. But I was saying that if the Panthers won the Stanley Cup, they could have made a case for Sergei Bobrovsky to be in the Hall of Fame. That conversation is on pause for now, as far as Bobrovsky's Hall of Fame. It's that that would have been only a conversation if he if they won. It's not anymore for now. It, it, it but. If Bobrovsky has the the regular seasons in these next three years of this contract, assuming that he's not traded, and a playoff like that again, that could be, could. Right now, it's still a no, as far as as that for Bob. But never say never. And if Matthew Kachuk continues to carry the team on his back and for these postseason runs. He could be he 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 could be as well, for sure. But there's seven more years of Barkov and seven more years of Kachuk, and there's still a lot of bad blood between Huberto and Bill Zito as well. So, but I think when cooler heads prevail, there could be a possibility. But right now, as far as what Huberto has done, even in the years that the Panthers haven't gotten to the playoffs. Uh, I don't think that's enough to say, yes, for sure, they should retire it. But I do think it's a matter of maybe too soon for someone to wear his number. So we could possibly see someone else wearing number 11 again in in the near future. Maybe not immediate, but sometime in the future. And I'm going to go to the polls that I did on Instagram and on Twitter. Instagram has 64 64 saying no and 36 saying yes, while Twitter says 62 no to 38 saying yes. So there there you go. But if you're watching this on the YouTube, comment down below and tell us what you think. I don't think there's necessarily a wrong answer. This this is an opinion-based segment based on it, Um, but... You could argue one way or the other based on whether the Panthers should or shouldn't. But I'm more leaning towards on the no. But would it be surprised if they if it ends up being actually yes? In segment number three, we're going to go over what the Florida Panthers power play could look like come 
game one of the 2023-24 season. We're going to discuss that and more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on this Friday, August 4th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. A few things I want to talk about before we get into this segment is uh, single game tickets for Florida Panther games will start on Friday today at 10 a.m. Eastern. So if you guys want to go get your single game tickets, they will be available to the public on Friday at 10 a.m. And uh, I want to give a special shout out to the Lepetard family. Uh, Dan Lepetard, um, who unfortunately lost his brother uh, this week, uh, David Lepetard, who's also a local artist in South Florida. Um, don't know Dan Lepetard personally, but I do know people who do know him, like Roy Bellamy and Carlos Solano, who we've had on this podcast before, who is an artist around the community. He's a Carlos Solano is the guy who had the big Florida Panthers mural in downtown Fort Lauderdale. And we had him on the show a few months ago. Uh, so want to give my, send my thoughts to the Lepetard family and say rest in peace to David Lepetard as well. So thoughts are with you guys, but going, uh, going into this segment, uh, we've spoken about for a couple of weeks. I remember he teased, uh, teased, uh, talk about the power play, but development camp was coming, got lost in all that. The, the focus on that week was specifically development camp as well. But we are now the segment has finally come to see what the Florida Panthers power play could possibly look like. And with the also to note, once again, the guys that are missing Montour Ekblad. Yeah. Ekblad was taken off power play one as the postseason progressed and, and the regular season as well. Um, just, as far as you need fast puck movers as well for and uh and and fast skaters and when Paul Maurice put Montour there it, it was it was a great decision in recognizing that and not putting someone's uh where someone was drafted and their position on the team as well ahead of success as well so as far as power play 1 the unit that i could see in, if game one were tonight, could see Oliver Ekman Larson as the quarterback on the power play. And there are a few obvious ones as well. Alexander Barkov, who could also get to the point as well and have OEL go go down towards the top of the circle or even or even towards the dot as well. Uh, OEL is a left-handed shot. You could also see OEL go to the to, to the right hand side and, and Barkov could uh distribute a puck for a one timer for OEL. Matthew Kachuk, the net front presence as well. Sam Reinhardt as well ne ne um, near the front of the net in that bumper position. Uh and the fifth person that I had a little bit of a hard time uh putting on. It's funny because I have someone written down, but I'm actually gonna change it. Um I originally had Sam Bennett as the fifth person on power play one, but I'm actually going to switch that with Carter Hagee. And the Panthers are blessed to have Carter Hagee with two more years on his contract at 4.4. If you're a free agent this upcoming season, 
man, that guy would be paid somewhere around eight to nine million dollars uh, on his new contract. So the Panthers are still continuing to bargain on that deal when they signed him just a few seasons ago. And remember, once again, Bill Zito likes to take care of his guys a year in advance. He did the same thing with Verhage. Hoping to hear something about Lindell soon. We still have no update on Anton Lindell. But I'm going to put Carter Verhage as that fifth person on the Panthers' uh, power play. Um, mostly going to probably going to be on that left-hand side who could... Well, you have a you have a few uh, mostly uh, left-handed shots here for on on this power play unit. The only right-handed shot is uh, Sam Reinhart as well on this. So some some players are gonna be on their on their offside on their non-natural side as well. Let's let's also not uh, forget that. But so but with Verhage being on the left side on the forward lines, we could also see that on the power play as, as well. So, so we, we could see, we could see Carter Hagee definitely there. And Carter Hagee has done so much damage in his career at even strength. I think we could see a completely different level of the, of this man, this coming season as opportunity is going to come for so, for so many people for for this Panthers team and I know we've mostly talked about opportunity as far as defensemen but I think it's also opportunity for a guys like a Verhage as well on, on that unit and speaking of opportunity power play two Gus Forsling and you know you could possibly put Gus Forsling as core QB one on the power play as as well uh, but I think the Palm race is going to go more with experience uh when it comes to that sam bennett we mentioned him earlier for for and you need a guy who can win you face off tnt actually did a a close-up of what sam bennett does when it comes to his draws and how and when when the puck gets on his skate when the puck gets on his skate um how how he kicks it back up to to the point as well uh they they concentrated more on how sam bennett conducts his uh face-offs as well so you need a guy who can win you draws i mean also other people that i could see on this anton lundell who's gonna get an, an opportunity too and this could be the season for him to explode on the scene as as he's going into his third year evan rodriguez man i've i've watched this guy's highlights this guy could score from anywhere and this guy has a heck of a wrister too can score from top of the circle in near the hash marks as well uh he can get get retrieve the pucks on rebounds too right on the on the doorstep uh, evan rodriguez is another guy that i could see uh on power play too and the last person uh, on this unit etulustrainen not much power play time that he's gotten over his 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 tenure with the florida panthers but three more years of this guy mostly focused on his defensive game and from going to a healthy scratch to getting bigger roles. Paul Maurice talking about him being a top nine player. And this could be the next step in Etulustrainen's development, getting some power play two time. And everyone's going to get a spot up as uh, in the beginning of the season, as the Florida Panthers are just 
honestly just looking to navigate these first few months of the season as well. And speaking of uh, guys who are rehabbing and getting better, I mean, there was actually a photo that surfaced of Brandon Montour uh, doing rehab uh, with his shoulder. And great to see that Brandon Montour is uh, is is uh, is at least back in the gym, um, getting ready. I mean, he we spoke about how he went on the Cam and Strick podcast, discussing how he got the surgery immediately. And I think that's the and I think that's such a big benefit instead of waiting waiting it out. I mean, sometimes players in professional sports would wait out things if they weren't happy with their contracts. But I mean, with hockey your contract is set in stone. There's no restructuring of anything. So there's no reason for Brandon Montour to be dissatisfied and, and and all, and all as well for now, unless there are contract talks and they have gone South because he's eligible for an extension at any moment now that he has one year left. But honestly, I think Brandon Montour's focus is just to get on the ice um, and just to get better. And great to see that, that that picture has resurfaced of has, excuse me, surfaced of Brandon Montour. Or uh, getting into his uh, rehab, still no expectation. I don't want I don't want anyone to take this the wrong way. That the expectation of him to, would be to come back on opening night. That that's not that's still not what I what I'm what I'm getting out of that. I'm getting I'm getting out of it as maybe it could be earlier than December, but not expecting preseason action or anything or even on the ice on uh, when when the Panthers open up training camp in mid-September at the Panthers ice den as well. So those are a little bit of updates uh, there as far as the injury front. And also Barkov uh, was, uh, there was a workout video of him too. And he's more quiet when it comes to his routine. But every summer, every time that he's returned to Sunrise from his summer workouts, he always looks bigger. So we know he works in silence and trains in silence. And I'm also interested to see what different hat he has as well uh, when he does return because he always has a different hat every single season. So just uh, just uh, happy that the guys are, are uh, doing the necessary work in the offseason to come back even stronger after their Stanley Cup run. But that'll do it for this edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Next week, we are going to have, we're going to try to have a special guest. Nothing confirmed, so I'm not going to tease who that special guest will be. And we are going to break down who are the top 10 athletes in the current state of South Florida sports. We're going to have also do that next week. We might even discuss top 10 games of the year as well. We have to talk about the penalty kill as well so make sure you hit subscribe so so you hear all that fresh content because even though we are in the dog days of summer we still have quite a bit to talk about in the in the state of the florida panthers as we are we're going to be 69 days away from opening night when this episode drops on friday but in the meantime if you like what you're hearing Please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to, su- to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Stuart Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. 
They can make the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. So I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day. <laughs>